cool. You did it. No. Are you ready? Now yeah. let's do it. What? Ready? Action. Action. That was like pretty fucking awesome. <sighs> yeah, it was. Hello. I'm Tevin. Hi, I'm James. And we are currently drinking, uh, drinking. gin and tea. With, well, I guess with lemon and other stuff. Just because it was a bit strong. Well, yeah, James wanted two shots. I wanted one shot. But I also had a beer, so we're chilling. Yeah. And I drank a lot last night, so I don't want to drink You drank a lot, a lot last night? I went out. Oh, yeah. You <sighs> could go out. But we are the Ticket Booth Podcast. Yes. Follow us on Instagram at Ticket Booth Podcast. Where you can talk to Tevin. If you want. Do you hear my bag of checks Mix? Yeah. That's the only one I'm going to eat this episode. I just wanted to be annoying. <laughs> oh, did you turn me down? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I don't have... Well, I do have the gain over here, but... And spoiler alert. For a movie that came out in the... 90s. 1994. And maybe not a spoiler, because I feel like I'm the only person in the entire world that hasn't seen this movie yet. Yeah. But what's the movie, James? Pulp Fiction. Mm. The pulpiest. Starring... Quentin Tarantino, Yerman yes, Thurman. A, honestly, I would have started with Samuel L. Jackson because, <laughs> I mean, his character is the coolest character in the entire show. G- John Malkovich. John Malkovich uh, is not in this. I know. Tim Roth. Or are you looking John up the Travolta. cast? Like we didn't just watch it yesterday. Yeah. Well, I mean, you watched it yesterday. I watched it the day before, night before. Oh, oh. Where's uh where's Wolf, Mr. Wolf? What's who's he? Who's he? I, are you I, asking me or are you I can't I remember you his name. I am somewhat talking to myself, but my phone keeps like I don't keeps know. like what? I, well it just kept scrolling. I was trying to scroll sideways and I kept going forward and getting to shit that what I What do you mean, Mr. Wolf? Who are you referring to? Oh yeah, the Buddy Holly. It is Steve Buscemi. Did you catch that? Yeah. I when of I course first saw I did. It, Who didn't realize that was Steve Buscemi? Um, me, my first time. But I didn't realize a whole lot of things when I first saw this movie. Like that. Oh, Harvey Keitel. Who? Keitel? I don't Who's know the who wolf? that is. Who's the wolf? The guy that solves problems. Oh, him! I forgot about. It's like him. It's thirty minutes away. I'll be there in ten minutes. <laughs> Yay! So. uh um, this movie is a movie that everyone seems to love. It's a good movie. Well, objectively, it is a good movie. Yeah. But also objectively, I don't know why everyone sucks at stick. Uh, you say this all the time. I do say this all the time. See, okay. What mm-hmm. do you actually mean by that phrase? Why? <clears throat> why is it everyone's favorite movie? <laughs> it's not everyone's favorite. Why movie. is it the tool's favorite movie? Like, why is it a movie head's favorite movie? Because it's more than meets the eye. No, it's not. No, like... <laughs> it's, so, exa- it's a movie. It's exactly what you see. No, but the thing is, is like, there's a whole lot of subtlety. And it like, the first time you see it, it may seem random. It may seem like here's a bunch of like, kind of random storylines that interact with each other. But there's a lot of things that, like correlate like every conversation usually has again like a payoff or a reference to something else like it's actually very connected and there's a whole lot of like subtle things like what 
What's a subtle thing that's well, there's, subtle? So there's a, an idea that, um, like, one of the things is this is kind of like um, Quentin Tarantino's Purgatory. I just saw a video on it. Oh. Just kind of because, like, there's each people, like, they, there's punishment or they get rewarded or something like that. You know, I see. So like, for example, I'll just stick with like the two main, like I would say Vincent and Jules. So John Travolta and Samuel Jackson, like they're both characters. They both have a lot of the same experiences, but they react to it differently. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jules kind of like sees the thing, you know, and he tries to, you know, I mean, the ending scene, the whole thing at the diner. Right. Yeah. Um, Where he like. You know, he could have, you know, shot him. He's like, but you caught me in the middle of a transitional period. You know, and he tries to kind of like help him out in a way. Um, and so he, because he quits, he probably doesn't die. Whereas John Travolta's character, you he know, continues and he dies. He's been, and- he eventually dies because he's kind of just a piece of shit. Like yeah. he's very mean. He's arrogant. He think he's very full of himself. Yeah, I mean, even like when they he shot Marvin in the face, which was kind of like oh yeah, he shot, shot Marvin. Marvin in the face, and it wasn't his fault at all. Well, yeah, like that was his whole thing that it wasn't his fault. Yes, like Samuel oh, yeah. Jackson must have done something. Yeah, exactly. You must have driven over a bump. I didn't mean to shoot him in the face. Exactly. But then when Mister, you know, um, the wolf shows up. And he's like, you guys are going to do this. You're going to scrub this. You're going to cover it with blankets, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then he's like, say, please. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's a tool. And eventually he dies in a very humiliating. I mean, he dies basically coming off the toilet. You know, Bruce Willis kills Butch, I think his name is. Shoots him. Butch? Is it Butch? No, it's. Uh... Oh, no, it is Butch. Butch Coolidge. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck I. Yeah. <clears throat> John Travolta with yeah. his plastic surgery looks a lot like a young Bruce Willis. And mm. so I saw the white bald dude and thought that was Bruce Willis, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Butch. Vincent Vega. Butch Coolidge. But yeah. So like there is a lot of like little payoffs and stuff and like kind of there's again, you can kind of dig deeper into it and like kind of uh-huh. like, oh, there's like this is a criticism of like morality in the 90s or something like that. Sure. You know? And so, I mean, I feel like it's also, to me, I think it's kind of a good movie because it it kind of shows, like, to me, again, good writing. Because, again, those conversations Those conversations connected. sucked, though. You didn't like the conversations? They were so lame. They I were thought, great. I thought every conversation was so awkward in no, its it pacing wasn't. and delivery. Yeah, it was. You just don't I, like I Quint- do. I do not understand. No, I love Quentin Tarantino. I love Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I hated The Hateful Eight. I like The I, Hateful Eight. It's a good one. It's, we should talk about that one. Nope, sometime. I refuse to watch it. <laughs> um, but I refuse to watch it again, I should say. But, uh, and in, did he do Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, he did Inglorious Bastards. Django that one was Unchained. all right. I haven't seen Django Untamed. Oh, we definitely but, need to do yeah. that one. That one's but, a good one. Um, this was this one his first one was Pulp Fiction his first one second I think Reservoir Dogs is his first oh I don't remember much about Reservoir Dogs but this one I don't I and now I understand that like I sucked because we did fucking 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah. And I remember talking about how much I loved that or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's like he found better pacing with his dialogue or what, but I do not feel like Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is a strong example of his great dialogue that everyone talks about. I think you're in the minority. I, I don't care that. if I am, but it was like when Samuel Jackson and uh, uh, I should call them by their actual names. When Vincent, Vincent, when and, Vincent Jules. and Jules talked, yeah, I was like, get the fuck on. Like they had funny lines or whatever, but the conversation between themselves, I'm like, I don't, I do not like very, this. Like the very beginning of the movie. All, all throughout the entire movie, whenever, like, just them as an example, because they talk to each other the most. There's, like, weird pauses between each other. There's weird, I don't know. I just did not like the dialogue at all. Like, I there's, mean, there, I will say there are quotable lines. Yeah. And there are funny it's very lines. Quotable. And it's very dry, like, delivery humor. Like, it's yeah. not spoken to be like, hey, look, I'm saying a joke. But everyone that is all over it because of the dialogue, I'm like, get over it. It's not that great. Yeah. I wouldn't agree with that. But, no, no, and you don't have to, but, but that's fine. But it definitely, so because I, I watched it after my entire life of everyone talking it up and I'm see, like, you cool. just need to ignore people and just enjoy things. No, I do enjoy it. Of... Why are you taking this? Like I didn't enjoy watching it. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I didn't say that. It's just <laughs> you keep doing like, I don't understand. Like again, you're, uh, you know, everyone sucks this movie's dick or whatever like that. They do. His, it's it's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's not as it's, good as everyone makes it seem. I don't. And granted, I'm sure when it came out, it was probably like the perfect film at the time. But watching it now, it's like cool. We've had better stuff come out. And I mean, yeah, it's great and it's cool that like I would like, say the this action is, is good, the gore is good, the storyline's pretty good. I don't understand why people were confused as to what was going on. I picked it up really quick. Yeah, but I mean, again, I didn't I understand was, why we, I was confused When we confused talked about Tenet, I was confused why people thought Tenet was confusing. Yeah. And I don't know. I think, like, I enjoyed watching this movie. I thought it was funny. I thought lines were funny. I thought the interactions between people were kind of funny. Yeah. It, my big drawback is something that everyone has always bragged about, and that is the weird pacing in the dialogue. Like, I did not care about it at all. See... I the one of the reasons why I like this dialogue in there. Besides, I mean, we get plenty of uses of Samuel L. Jackson saying "motherfucker," and that's yeah. just that's just no, no. A Samuel gem. Jackson had perfect lines through um, and through. But like, what's cool about it is a lot of the things lead into like it's their conversations. Even though the situation is like completely different, it's the conversations that tie help tie things together. So like the very beginning. So there's the first scene, you know, in the diner. But then we get to John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. They're just chatting. You know, Vincent Vega had just returned from like Amsterdam and he was talking about McDonald's. Yeah. Which is like the royal kind of a weird thing to do. I mean, like you just got back from Europe and you're talking about fucking McDonald's, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, is there anything else to talk about? You know, well, listen. I know what that's like. When I came back from Mexico, I immediately was like, man, I saw a Burger King that was three stories tall. I know. It's, <laughs> it's still like, it's a thing that pe- happens and that people do, you know, like they like go somewhere different than America and yeah. then they ta- find, try to find the things that are American. And then they talk about that. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's what you thing. do. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a thing. Because the people still, that haven't been can relate to something you've seen. Exactly. But I still think it's weird to go to Europe and talk about McDonald's because there's so many more interesting things to talk about, I think. But 
So he's talking about, you know, again, they don't have the quarter pounder with cheese. They call it the Royale, you know, because the metric system, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, and so one of the things I do like about that beginning dialogue is just kind of how essentially these two kind of hardcore gangsters are essentially gossiping about, you know, what's going on. Like, yeah. and then they're kind of debating between themselves whether or not, you know, a foot massage is all that and deserves to get pushed out a window, you know? You made a good point, though, and when he said, would you give a guy a foot massage? And he's like, fuck no. off or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, that means there is something There to is it. something, but yeah. then it's like, is there something? So it's, you know, it's a interesting... It, again, it's, to me, it's an interesting conversation because it's just like, here's these people. You don't expect them to be talking about these things, except for, you know, maybe, you know, someone getting pushed out the window. But just the way they went about it is just yeah. kind of like, oh, these guys are just kind of like gossiping about it um, and, you know, and then debating it. But that helps tie into, you know, the where they actually go and meet, you know, Brett and his crew. And they're eating hamburgers. And so he's like, oh, what do they call a hamburger in Europe, you know? Yeah. So they have, like, this thing which kind of leads into – there's a lot of, like, you know, setups and payoffs where it's like you may think it's like a random conversation about, you know, again, the burgers thing. Even though, again, it is a relatable thing. A lot of people go to, you know, places outside of America and then they talk about the American mm -hmm. things that are there. So it's like a relatable thing, but then it helps tie that conversation together, which it kind of – Again, kind of sets up things, some sets up some ideas of letting us know who people are, but then also is kind of a funny way of also like kind of spreading out the tension. Yeah. Because first of all, like their idea of the foot massage kind of lets us know what type of man Mr. Marsalis, Marcellus, Mar I remember how to pronounce his name. What kind of man he is. He threw a guy out the window for touching his wife's feet. Supposedly. So allegedly, yeah, as they say, but it kind of is like, oh shit, you know, so that helps build up tension for when Vincent goes out with Mia, you know, takes her out to the, the place. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, oh shit, you know, especially once they, you know, they, you know, have the shake, they kind of start getting along well, they win the dance competition, they go back, he goes to the bathroom and he's like, you're going to get your drink, you're going to leave because he's... It he's afraid to like get they, his ass kicked. Well, he's they're thinking something's going to go further, but he's trying to like, okay, I need to get out of here without mm -hmm. doing anything. Um, so again, that kind of that conversation helps set that up because we at that point we hadn't even seen his face, like Mister Masalas, like uh, the the other shot. Yeah, that I we mean, had we've from, seen him though. It was like the a back. menacing dark figure. Yeah, yeah, we saw him from the back, but like it wasn't like we didn't really get to know him. But that helped again add that a little bit of tension there of like exactly what kind of risk he's taking and yeah. the reason why he needs to get out of there. Um, but then also like the, you know, the burger thing, it kind of, I think adds to that scene because the, obviously they're checking up on these people. Like if you're sending two, you know, basically hit men to like a room, it's not usually a nice visit. Well, and there, so he's also aware of what happens when he, ruins marcel's day or whatever mm -hmm. but nope he had to fuck everything up with heroin oh yeah well then there's yeah that the he heroin, gives his heroin where he goes and buys it and then what's her bucket i forget her name it's weird that she's on the cover of the movie and not in it like a notable amount mia yeah 
And then well, I mean, she, she dies. Is, but then doesn't. Yeah, she comes back to life. Like so, everyone. John Travolta comes back to life at the end, too. But like, again, that conversation when he was picking up the drugs, like you could have just had a scene of just, oh, he goes and buys drugs, you know? Yeah. But they had like a full on long scene where he's like, here's this type. Here's this type. Those are 300 a gram or whatever. This one, though, this is the real shit. This is, you know, we'll fuck you up. Kind yeah. of like it's 500, you know, it's special. And he gets the special version. Yeah. Which. But again, I mean, that's not that great. I mean, how would you show a drug deal? If you were to film a drug deal, would you film him just I mean, picking it up and leaving? Or would you film... Some people do that. And, yeah, but I mean, like, it doesn't mean it's a better that... Well, no, it adds to, like, when she finds it in his pocket, you know, and then she snorts it. Well, first of all, probably any heroin's not a good thing to snort. snort. Yeah, well, but I mean, don't snort anything. It also, it just adds a little extra. And that's the yeah. thing, is one of the reasons why I think it's cool is... Quentin Tarantino is kind of known for his attention to detail and little things. And it's those little things that I feel like add up to make the movie that much better. Yeah. Is because you can go back and watch it and you might notice little things, a little how little things interact or, you know, just like a, a phrase that, um, you know, Ends up meaning more. I mean, just, I mean, even in the movie itself, it kind of explores it. Like when he's at Brett's place, he does his Ezekiel scripture, whatever. He does it every fucking time. It got old. And it's, and it's like kind of like a badass thing. I mean, he only does it really twice. He does it three times. Every time you see Samuel L. Jackson's character, he says it. In every, in every like scenario, he'll say other than when he sees Quentin Tarantino. Did we? I can't remember because we get a little bit of. I think it's the snippet. So he says it three times, but we only watch him say it twice. It's still like I because get it. I get it. You're supposed to show that he says it every time. Well, then because the the second time is the same time as the first time, but it's just from a different perspective because um, they come back to the storyline. That's true. Because it's like saying, "Oh, we didn't get the full story." Because again, when they after that, there they show up at the bar. They're in, you know, They're gym, in the clothes. gym clothes because they had to get them cleaned. Exactly. And we hadn't seen that yet. It kind of yeah. jumps to the Bruce Willis character. But then it comes back to the storyline. It's during that scripture line. And it's the guy in the bathroom with the gun, which then leads to the, the miracle experience that Jules has, which kind of helps change his mind about what he's doing. But like even that, like, so he says the scripture line, but then. In the diner, he says it, he and says then it. he explores it. Like, you know, I used to think that I used to say this because it was a badass thing to say yeah. before, you know, blowing a motherfucker away. But then it's just like, you know, maybe I'm this, you know, and it kind of explores it. And that's, I feel like, a good example of, again, what this movie allows you to do if you want. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like not everyone's like super into studying you know, a movie and seeing what's happening. But that there are certain movies that I think elevate themselves because they have more things there that you could go back and rewatch it and kind of study it. I mean, it's again, it's like the whole idea of like, you know, what's been kind of discussed lately is like cinema. You know, what is cinema kind of thing? It's just movies, you know. But, like, there's that extra thing of, like, you know, the artistic, not just like, oh, this is an entertaining movie. I'm having yeah. a good time. You know, I can just put it on the background. It's like, no, this is like a piece of art that you can look into and enjoy and get different things out of. Mm-hmm. 
which I think it does nicely. Agreed. I definitely enjoyed it more the second time. The first time, I think I I was pretty young when I saw it. Like I don't know. No, maybe. that would explain why you were confused because I remember I was confused by you, a lot of things. You I, you said that you didn't realize that she was snorting heroin. Well, because like, I was like, they literally had a conversation about it being heroin. Well, because I think it was just because when we saw her, there was lots of her shots of her snorting cocaine. That I just kind of assumed it was more cocaine. No, you didn't like, I think, I think the issue was you probably didn't connect that it was John Travolta's yes. jacket and his stuff. It was just, oh, I have more cocaine. And the thing is like, when I first watch it, I don't even know, but I also had a little bit of like, I don't really know if I like this movie because it kind of felt disconnected because yeah. it just felt like, okay, random Bruce Willis story. And I don't know how I didn't follow it the first time. I'm generally pretty good at following movies, but I just I don't know if that period of time I, will, I just hadn't. I will say about I it didn't like, like Bruce Willis's storyline that much. Yeah, and it's interesting. I don't think very many people do because the only stuff I've ever seen have been with Samuel Jackson and Sean Travolta, mm -hmm. and those are the only clips of this movie I've ever seen. And so me going into it, I thought it was like, oh, it's it's about these those two, two, but it's not, and that's fine. But I'm like, it's interesting that I have never seen anything involving Bruce Willis in that movie, and then watched it and was like, oh shit, Bruce Willis is in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's he's kinda... like in it more than Mia. Well, I think the um, like his is his storyline's kind of in the middle of things. Yeah. And definitely, like, again, Samuel L. Jackson, I think, steals the movie. Like, his character is, a, like, him and, even though, again, he's not in the movie very long, but Mr. Wolf, the wolf, those two characters are like, wow, those guys are fucking badasses. They're just, you know, they're cool. Yeah. Whereas John Travolta's character, he, as you kind of, you get to know him. And the thing is, it was kind of nice that they had, like, the date, like, that sum of idea. So you get a little bit of who he is before the Bruce Willis character. Cause then when he dies, you're like, yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like no wonder he left his gun when he went into the bathroom. Um, and so again, when his death happened, it, it actually meant something. And so it like you had spent some time with him. Yeah. I but, will, I will say it is, it is a uh, interesting that, uh, Tarantino's character said the N word more times than anyone else in the entire movie. That is, that is curious. Because <laughs> uh, when we were watching it, I was like, "Isn't it weird that he writes movies and almost all of them have that word in it and no one talks about it?" And it's like, "Oh well, he does it in a way where it's not where people like don't think anything of it ever." Like Django Unchained, it's like the well, if it did if it wasn't in there, like yeah, with Django yeah. Unchained, if it wasn't in there. It, it, yeah, that's but, almost you know. Kind but of, then he came up, and it was like, oh, he says it more than anyone in the first. I mean, seconds. I think he may even say it more than Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, hey, look! I looked up his wiki, and in controversies, he's got racial slurs in films. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does add to the character that he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Because again, like, I mean, they're all kind of gangsters, so they're all not really necessarily good people. But this guy, when you see him, he just looks like a random Joe. But then he opens up his mouth. You're like, oh, this guy kind of sucks. You know? Yep. 
And so it again, it does add some stuff to it, but yeah, whether or not that was necessary, I'd say, yeah, it's debatable, whatever with this one. What would you rate it? What would I rate this movie? Yep. You don't have any more thoughts. You don't want to talk about the Bruce Willis character. Oh, I didn't realize death proof was Quentin Tarantino. Technically, yeah, that one's not considered part of his 10 because it was kind of more of a Robert Rodriguez thing because they kind of did like a a duo thing. Oh, interesting. But Jackie Brown is part of it. Yeah. Oh, well, um, Bruce Willis's character, honestly, I don't yeah. care. Like, I yeah. genuinely, they're like, the, yeah, near the end when he saves what's his buckets life, essentially, or yeah. gets in, like, stops the act from happening mm-hmm. like that's cool and all but i fucking i hate how long it took him to find a weapon and then you didn't like that part when he's going through and he grabs the hammer and he's like okay the hammer and they're like oh no here's a baseball bat like let's see that well um, going from a hammer to a baseball bat seems kind of backwards like the hammer seems better really and then going from the hammer more reach with the bat you'll do more damage with the hammer i mean and then baseball going, bats can do something. and then going from the Bat to the chainsaw, it's like, okay, cool. And then going from the chainsaw to the katana, it's like, <laughs> I don't care. You just want to be cool, and that's fine. But I really did not like Bruce Willis' section at all. Well, like, he's, I, he's an gonna, asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. And I mean, like, cool, abuse your wife, and then go get a watch, and then make a top Pop-Tart, which fucks you up. You know, like, I... Overall, the Bruce Willis section brings mm-hmm. this movie down a lot for me. Mm. Like, almost... I think you're going to hate what I rate it. Probably. But I like, that's all my thoughts were like, nothing. Did, that, like, did I think if we stopped recording? No, it's still recording. Oh, but is it? Yeah. But it's I just, just our internet being fucking shitty. Oh. Well, I'm fine on my internet. It's your fucking PC. No, it's iLock's connection oh. to the internet. Fuck iLock. Yeah. Fuck but uh, I know I like, that whole section I just don't care about. Like I I even kind of forgot it existed once I finished watching it. Yeah. Well, the thing is like again there's it's not my favorite part of the movie by far. Like it it's got some interesting moments. Like again, I do really like how it kind of starts with uh you know Christopher Walken's character coming back from, you know, is like Vietnam yeah, and, and talking to the watch, kid yeah. and talking about, you know, how he had to hide it in his ass for like, you know, seven years total. It yeah. was like five years in his dad's ass and then two years, which I, I thought was kind of a weird conversation to be having yep. with a child. He's like, you know, he, they knew they would find it. So he hid it in his, in his ass. <laughs> and just, yeah. Again, it was kind of, again, plays into like the dark comedy aspect of this movie, but then it does because of that storyline and because of that dialogue that does show uh, why he's attached to that watch because, you know, and then also because he's attached to that watch, he does show he does have some kind of relation like, or importance of family or whatever, or like, what would that, you know, passing things on or whatever. Cause that watch is very, very important to him. Sure, I guess. Like, I mean, it, it would be weird if they had a watch and didn't give a reason I mean, why he, he liked the watch. He but had, that's not. But that's the thing is, like, that's what kind of propels the storyline because he had enough money. He could have bought a new fucking watch. Like, the watch itself yeah. wasn't, didn't matter. But the story and the importance of that watch in his family is what mattered, which is the reason why 
he got so pissed off and goes to go get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it adds weight because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Why well, the fuck does he need to go get yeah, this if, stupid watch? Well, yeah. Why is, if they, it still doesn't they, explain they why. wouldn't have the watch be the reason for him to go back if they didn't show him having a reason for it. Exactly. And so that's the thing is it gives him a reason to yeah. go back because it's a But I mean, watch. that doesn't mean it's, it's like peak cinema because they had well, a scene. Saying, oh, okay. I'm not saying it I is. Just, I, was just, was, I wasn't sure if you were like trying to explain that that scene is like perfect because it gives that watch weight and it's like well yeah they needed to give the watch well that's the thing is like a lot of movies don't do that so like this is nice that it is doing that it does Mm. give us a reason that again sort of makes sense like again i still wouldn't have you know if that was me like freaked out at you know my wife or whatever and you know was super awful to her because she forgot it you know um, but again, it does add a reason, which again, it takes like a kind of a funny conversation of this vet talking to this young boy or whatever, which is kind of just seems kind of random, but yeah. it it ties into the movie as a whole. Um, but then I did like, so the, um, what's the word? I mean, there's some lines from that one that I do like. But yeah, it's kind of, that whole situation is kind of weird. Because, you know, he goes to the, you know, the place. John Travolta's there. He kills him. He leaves. He runs into the boss with the briefcase that we don't know what's in. The briefcase that supposedly matters that I forgot existed till you brought it up. After. I brought it up yesterday. I know. After you brought it up. But like, again, there's about- like, you could you could talk about it. You could theorize of like, what is it, you know? Because it's like every time, like, is that what I think it is? Or like, are we good? Yeah, we're good. You know, it's like there's something important in there. But money. no one really knows. It's money. But then it also has it's like shiny the light. gold. Yeah. Have you ever seen gold? Gold reflects like a motherfucker when you it put a graph or light on it. Could be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's like little things like, again, where I think this movie the reason why people talk about it is because there is a lot of things that you could talk about and you could dive into. Yeah. If you do want to go that cinemaphile route, this movie's there for you. That's true. Like some movies, as soon as you start scratching at the surface, that's it. That's all it is. It's very surface level. All well, the mean, dialogue is throwaway to kind of fill the listen, time. You can also say that about SpongeBob. Like what direction does SpongeBob leave his house to go to the Krusty Krab? You know what I mean? SpongeBob is a gem, so yeah. But I'm just know? saying, like, just because you can talk about something that's not answered or consistent doesn't mean it's objectively. What do you mean good. answered or consistent? Like, what's in the briefcase? Just because you can talk about it and discuss what's in it, like you can talk well, about and discuss. I mean, I, that was just one element. I know, I know. But one I'm just, I'm just many. saying, like, having a being able to have a conversation about it doesn't objectively mean it's good. If anything, it probably shows that it's kind of sloppy writing. It's wow. what would you rate this movie, James? <laughs> Yeah, I think you're, again, in the minority of this. I don't know what you're expecting for good writing in a movie. What did you? What would you rate this movie? What would I rate this movie? I swear to God, if it's a 10, I'm going to come it's across the room and it's slap It's not you. even my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. It's, I did like this more the second time around. Yeah. And I felt like, again, maybe just because I was so young, I didn't get a lot of it, but I got a lot of it more. And I'm like, yeah, this is a fun movie. I would definitely still even watch it again, you know? Because yeah. there's more things that I could get up. Again, it's what makes kind of Christopher Nolan movies so fun to watch again, because sometimes there's just so much shit going on that you can, oh, notice things. Again, attention to detail is a cool thing in movies. Um, I'd probably say it's an 
eight. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to be all over it. Well, objectively, it's a good movie. I, I, eight I or a nine, somewhere and in there. I would. I would watch it again. I yeah. wouldn't watch it again on my own accord. I'd watch it like if someone hadn't seen it. I'd be like, let's watch this. Like, let's see if you like it, right? Yeah. Because I did enjoy it. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was good. Um, and I would rate it probably like a seven or an eight. I'd... I'd rate it an eight as well. I thought you yeah. were gonna rate it like a nine or a ten, and I was I gonna come was, in I was and in be between like, eight or nine. But no, like I, it does have its issues, and there, and I, I was just joking about sloppy writing or whatever. I genuinely don't think that. I just thought it was a funny thing to say. And I mean, your, I would say, and your reaction was funny enough for me, so it was worth it. it. But oh, I also, yeah. I also, and this could have a lot to do with it. I did get rejected to grad school right in the middle of watching this movie oh and so whether that subconsciously is like fuck everything i'm doing right now or yeah. not it doesn't matter but objectively it's good and so i give it no. an eight. no yeah it's again i think it's a well crafted movie and yeah. it's it's got action it's got badass moments it's got quotable lines yeah what's every, your favorite line my favorite line i don't remember you don't remember? I, I'm not, listen, I'm not like a lines guy. I don't remember things. You don't like it when he said, like, you grab my, mouth, grab my wallet. Which one? The one that says bad motherfucker. No, like, I like when people quote, <laughs> I remember them and I think they're funny. But off the top of my head, mm. I'm not going to be, like, quoting it nonstop. Look at the brains on Brett. That, I mean, that's funny. There is a, a line one. he said. It's something, oh, my gosh. It's, it's one of the lines where he says motherfucker a lot say what again motherfucker no it's let me look it up real quick pulp fiction quotes because i'm i thought i actually like laughed and i was like this this line made it all worth it was it near the end at the yeah when they're like bitch be cool tell the bitch honey bunny be cool oh gosh it's i said god damn i said nope it's it's jules jules is, jules samuel. is samuel. yeah that's samuel I did like the sewer rat one. Sewer rat might taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I wouldn't eat the filthy motherfucker. Yeah. Um, He's got standards. English motherfucker, do you speak it? I thought that one was funny. Well, honestly, Where? anytime Samuel L. Jackson says motherfucker, I, just the way, like, it might as well be his phrase. Yeah. Like, he says it better than anyone else I know. Oh, it is. It is the transitional period one, I think. Or nope. God damn it. Is it when he's talking to Vincent at the end? I think so. No. Um, he's. Uh, pumpkin. Which one is it? Jules. It's the one that says bad motherfucker. Um, not the quarter brown of cheese. Butch. No. Nope. Oh, it's the it's about the miracle. We should be fucking dead, my friend. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to fucking acknowledge it. Yeah. That's not it either. What the fuck? Why can't I find it? Oh, when he called the dude Flock of Seagulls, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Well, I'm a mushroom... Oh, yeah, this is it. Well, I'm a mushroom cloud-laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Every time my fingers touch brain, I'm superfly TNT. I'm the guns of the Navarron? Navarron? I don't know that word. In fact, what the fuck am I doing in the back? You're the motherfucker <laughs> that should be in on brain detail. Gets when they're cleaning up the car. Yeah. But anyway, it is quotable. And that's just true. 
The end. Pulp no, Fiction. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. I, I again, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's, yep. and I do like. I mean, it is you know kind of the storylines head in places where you don't expect them to go, which again I think is fun. Because, again, if it leads to somewhere that you would expect, like, that kind of gets old for me, at least in movies. So, I mean, even though Bruce Willis's character, like, wasn't the most interesting, it was still kind of crazy that he goes from, you know, his house to ending up in the weirdest pawn shop of all time. You know? It's true. Like, it's somewhere that you would have never expected it to go. Which, again, I mean, that can sometimes be bad, but this one, it felt... Even though it was random, it still felt connected to the movie, and it was fitting. Correct. Well, yeah. that's Pulp Fiction, you motherfuckers. Indeed. Jewels and shit. All right. Cut. Cut.